When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And the reason I'm successful as an interventionist is because when I get around someone, I genuinely show them love and care for them. And I'm like, I've been where you've been. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not your fucking parent. I'm just going to tell you this. If you take this opportunity that I'm offering you right now, I'm giving you a chance for a better life. You have nothing to lose because I know you're miserable. I know you're rock bottom. So how about give me this opportunity to show you a better way? And if in 30, 60, 90 days you think I'm full of shit, come back and slap me in the face. But I'm just telling you, I know I'm, I'm right. I've got 17 years of sobriety to prove it. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Knocking Doors Down. Your host, Jason Lachance here. And through my addiction, recovery, and struggles with anxiety and depression, I developed a passion of speaking with those who have turned their greatest adversities into their greatest advantages, finding purpose and helping others. And my guest, Mike Diamond. This is Mike's second time on the podcast, and we're talking about his new book, A Dose of Positivity, how dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins all play a role in that. I also ask him about being a Guinness World Record holder. Plus, we discuss empowering decisions over disempowering decisions and how you can implement some simple things into your daily life to see results that you've been missing on your personal growth. Also, don't forget to check out Mike's book. The link is in the podcast description for the audiobook, or if you're like me and enjoy paperback or hardcover as well for a dose of positivity. It's a quick read, it's an amazing read, and you're gonna wanna break out the highlighter for it. While you're checking knocking doors down out, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you get a lot out of this podcast, share with a friend. And don't forget the archive of interviews we have. Bam Margera, Brandon Novak, Kat Von D, Charlie Sheen, Edward Furlong, Kelly Osborne. the list goes on and on of amazing guests that have been on the podcast, sharing how they have found purposeful lives. Speaking of purpose, how about a lifestyle brand with purpose? 5150 LTM. That's right, not only is it a lifestyle brand that can fit whatever it is you're trying to achieve in life, but they give back to the community. And you, the listener of Knocking Doors Down, get 20% off every time you shop at 5150LTM. All you have to do is use the code KDD20 at checkout and get 20% off. And how does 5150 give back to the community? Portions of the sales benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation. Their three amazing programs, the race to end the stigma, the race for autism, and the race to be drug free. More on the Carlos Vieira Foundation, go to carlosvierafoundation.org. 
You know, come on. Life is too short not to have a little bit of fun. Fuck. This is true. All right. So a little comparison here. Uh, what does uh, Perth, Australia, uh, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, and the Guinness World Book of Record have in common? Well, Mike Diamond hanging out with me. And, uh, of course, the book, A Dose of Positivity. We'll, we'll get into those four wonderful chemicals in our brain. Uh, looking good, bro. I'm trying, man. Just get up every day and just try to be the best version of me, you know, and try to help other people along the way. That's all we can do, right? It's interesting, you know, I was talking with someone about, you know, uh, mental, even emotional, physical baseline and pushing our baseline. Um, you know, the book, the, the why I really enjoyed this one, I mean, you open up so much about your struggles in this one, in addition to the things that work for you. And it's like your baseline, you know, trying every day, whereas other people look from the outside there and go, this guy's nuts. And the, the way that he pushes himself and, and everything else. But it's beautiful the way you illustrate how you moved your baseline and continue to do for just like living a full life. Well, I just think what you just said is really important. I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think we've all been scammed. In the mm. sense of um, we've been overschooled with shit that doesn't matter and un undereducated with our abilities. Mm. And I fell through the cracks of a, a horrible uh, schooling system that didn't pick up I was dyslexic and didn't pick up that I had ADHD. And then, you know, years of generational trauma and then every time I try to, so, so, you know, if you look at the industrialization of America and the world, really, everyone wants you to be a cog in their machine and free thinking or a linchpin or someone that has the ability to think outside the box is squashed because that, they don't want that. They want you to conform. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at the educational system, really break it down, right? I was telling someone this the other day. Think about it for a second. You have a bunch of shit that we learn, but do we, is it relevant? <laughs> Who the fuck is going to tell me Pythagoras' theorem means anything to me? Right. Just crap. What do you need? No one's still, how could we have that many people? So think about the system. So there's a bunch of people that are certified to teach a bunch of subjects that have no fucking meaning to us, really. They don't, they don't make anything. Then you're graded in a time period. None of it makes sense. And then, you, then you're allowed to get some kind of higher education, which only certain people are allowed to get because they're graded a certain way. And those institutions then have been, like, controlled over the years, right? Different mm -hmm. schools of ways of thought. And then those schools of thought are going to hand out degrees, and those people are then going to train you and then you're going to get certified in a degree to then take that out into the world, right? Mm -hmm. Where's this a free world, right? And then only a certain amount of people are going to al be allowed that information, right? Yeah. So let's look at all the great entrepreneurs, right? Let's just look at Bill Gates. He left Harvard. Yeah. If he didn't leave Harvard, he wouldn't have created Microsoft. Steve Jobs. Right, whether whatever you say about the guy, he still what did he do? He he left he left Stanford or wherever it was, right? Created Apple. So all these forward thinkers, Elon Musk, whether you like him or dislike him, 
they they break the rules yeah. because the traditional rules are only meant for you to stay in their system and the system is flawed yeah because if we are in 2023 with all the money and all the technology we have right with all this right how are there still people su- st- suffering and starving uh my right? perception of it hey there's people it helps keep rich people rich it helps keeps a good divide right so there's a flawed system so then someone like me comes along and says you know what i'm just going to follow my intuition mm-hmm. i think the system's flawed i'm gonna take some chances here and follow my gut and we're not taught to follow our intuition we we created these systems of logic but who's teaching us the logic Right. So you get a degree from Stanford, say, or MIT, right? And you, all right. And here's the greatest thing that no one can ever solve. And it's a personal journey of surrender and knowing yourself. You can get every, every mathematician in the world and everyone in the world, and they can do all these things. But at the end of the day, when you and I face our creator, it's a lonely journey one-on-one. No fucking degree helps you. No money takes it with you, right? You are gone done you're a spiritual being having a human experience and it's up to us to crack the code so i just i self-educated myself i said the schooling was bullshit i've got i've had enough life experience to know it was all crap right i walked into meetings because i realized i was making disempowering choices because everyone was pointing me in their direction to control me and i was like fuck that i'll do it myself and I love you for it. And you said something very, very interesting right there. And I do believe you bringing it up in the in the book. And of course, I don't want to give away the whole book, but, no, but a spiritual being having a human experience. I think you pose a question: Are you a are you a human uh, having a spiritual experience or a spiritual oh, being having spiritual a human being. experience? And I used to very much look at myself as a human with a desire to have a spiritual experience. And over the last two years of really digging more into my recovery, I have reversed it to that. And it's still a challenge for me to communicate to people exactly what that is, what that means. But stop, you're not supposed to. See see how I left a lot of open-end questions in it? And I learned this from great people. I'm not supposed to tell you what to do. And that's the problem with this world. Everyone says that, look, religion's bullshit. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll tell you why it's bullshit. Spirituality tells you to find yourself and be kind and loving, authentic, and help the other person in the community. Religion puts you in a box saying, my God, my rules, my structure is going to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. No. Where does that ever work? (laughs) <laughs> you, you're supposed to meet people where they're at. Yeah. So we don't live in a spiritual-based world. We live in a conformed religious-based world where your God and this God and that God, I don't care if you identify as a marsupial. If you're a good person, be kind and loving and bring value to other people with your skill set, not someone else's, with your skill set. How can I be of service to you, right? And we all have different inclinations. And the reason I try to keep things really simple, someone said to me, it's a miracle you got sober. I said, no, it's not a miracle, right? I made a choice to get sober. And a lot of people in the AA will go, oh, it's not AA. Well, AA was taken from a bunch of steps from the Oxford group created by, right? So don't tell me, did AA work for me? Yes, but I went beyond AA. I went beyond all these other things, right? 
because things get dated. I'm not saying the program is dated. I'm not saying that going to meetings is dated. But if you're telling me going into a meeting, right, and saying you can't talk about fentanyl or or, or this because it's not alcohol, then I'll just walk out and go to a meeting that I can talk about fentanyl to help people. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? That still has a, like, a, a context of religion. That's not spirituality. There's spiritual principles. You're there to help people talk anonymously about their issues because they feel ashamed of them. When I started to talk about my mistakes and I talk about it in the book, the first the first publisher had to you too too deep with my first book. Don't talk about that. I wrote this book for myself and it got published to a great publisher. I was honest. I talk about my flaws. I want to I want to show people that I've made all these choices that were disempowering because of my trauma and setbacks but you can make empowering choices. Use me as the example. Don't walk the path I've walked, right? I do me. I push through what I need to do to find myself. Find you. Here are some tools. Find you. Forget me. It's your blueprint, but here are some things that work. And you make that distinction in the book, and it was appreciated that, you know, it's like, Almost in a way of saying like, hey, I'm not your guru. Uh, I'm not looking for you to follow me. But hey, these are some ways to step into your journey a little more because so many people and I'm I'm guilty of it. I was, you know, uh, dyslexic, much like you took a long time to diagnose, you know, childhood home of addiction, trauma, you know, all these things. And it kept me, and I still struggle with it. One of our mutual friends, Adam Jablin, actually chewed my ass like, you were calling me with a victim story. That shit stops right now. And it's and it's a lot of, like you said, coming into your own power, your own spirit. And, and it's a challenge. It's hard. And people just got to understand it's hard. Life is hard. I forget what the self-help book in the 70s, best-selling one, first line, uh, life is hard. It, it, it just is. And that's a good thing. You- it's complex. There's complex systems, right? It's industrialized. It's complex. It's difficult. There's caste systems. There's racism, right? There's segregation, even though people don't. Information is held. See, now there's no excuses because you have Google and you have the information era. When we, when I was younger, you were stuck and stupid. I had to figure it out. And that's why I tell people, <laughs> if I can figure this shit out, you can figure it out. But the one thing that you can't take away, it doesn't matter what you do, you have to have the ability to be self-disciplined, consistent, and do the work no matter how you feel. Yes. And I always tell the people, a successful person, you you have to look. I always, my parents will never read my book. I'm always going to be the underdog. And I don't mind that. You know why? Because I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. If you let me in and you give me a sniff, I'm going to take it. You're not going to outwork me. You are not going to outwork me. I have suffered too much in my life and come from nothing. I am that resilient and tough. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to get out and run 30 miles with David Goggins. I don't need to do that. But I know my. I know how to push myself to a point. And I'm well, every day I wake up, I'm like, I don't know if it's my last. I know the reality is that this body ends one day. But I tell you what. I'm going to be drained by the end of the day by doing good shit because I, I, I was drained by the end of the day by doing intoxicating shit because I was looking for pleasure and running away from pain. Yeah. I don't run for my pain anymore. If I set a goal and I want to do something, I don't let you tell me it can't be done. I don't have 
And if you, you tell me I can't write a book, I'm going to write it. I'm going to sit down and write one word by word. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I realize that there's no real formula. What, what, what people do is there's no one way to do it. I wrote that book, right? Half of it was on my fucking iPhone pushing my baby in a stroller. Don't, there's no right place, right time. There's now just step into it. And that's the problem. People overthink things because they've been over schooled or they're overeducated. I know people that are way more educated than me and I get on them, get on, used to, when I was at acting school or when I would do stuff. And then when it comes to the real thing, it's like you can do every martial art class you want, but if you haven't been in a street fight, you come up against a killer, they're going to tear your arms off. Yeah. That's why Brando said, you don't send a tiger to jungle school. <laughs> I've never heard that saying, but it's true. Right? So it's good to have the training, like even as an interventionist, right? I studied the Johnson technique and, <laughs> and I went and got certified in that. And it's a great technique and it teaches you how to bring people together. But, but if I didn't have a good acting training and I didn't study NLP and I didn't know mindfulness and I hadn't spent you know, 20 years in the nightclub business dealing with savages trying to kill me to get into a club, right? And I can deal with massive amounts of stress for years where thousands of people screaming at me and cursing at me all night, getting in hundreds of fist fights, right? Being, you know, shanked in fights, having guns pulled on me, right? Do you think it's hard for me when you've got a guy that may technically, you know, you know went to MIT to get certified, for example, and then he comes up against a guy that's street driven and street trained. And then we go into a, fra a crack house to pull someone out. Well, who's got the training now? Yeah. Me, because I know how to deal with the oncoming traffic of madness. So it's like we all come from different places, right? And our environment, like they say, you get a, you get a domesticated pig and it goes out into the wild for four to six weeks. And because of the environment, that pink, nice pink uh, skin turns into dark hair and they grow tusks. They become feral because the environment can make you feral. Mm -hmm. So if you're messing with someone that's come from nothing and they've healed themselves and they've come from a feral environment, right? Yeah. That's the difference between a paper champ and a gym dog. Someone that's in there doing the yards and doing the miles and, and alone in the dark to shine in the bright lights. When the two meet, you see who's got it inside them. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that clubber Lang is lurking out there, right? For the Rocky Three analogy for people that got it. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org.
I want to talk to you, you know, because, of course, a dose of positivity, the book, but you talk about dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And I know you see it, Mike. So many, I'm worried about our young people. And as a father, I'm worried. Uh, Two teenagers, uh, you know, both going through shit because, hey, that's our teenage years, right? I see so many, and when I go speak in classes, looking for the access of these chemicals in the quick way. You and I did it. In your experience, how do you how do you think we help them get it that this this way of living is going to continue to be empty, and there is a better way that that leaves you feeling good to access these. You know, like I, I think it was our first talk here on the podcast. You was, you know, you said paying it on the front end, reward on the back end, as opposed to reward on the front end, paying on the back end. So let me ask a question: What made you make disempowering choices as a kid? Uh, trauma. Okay. So, and then you have trauma, right, from your upbringing, right? Yeah, trauma and environment. Perfect. Who yeah. was there to help you? Who was there to talk about it? <sighs> Nobody, and I don't mean that in a bad no, way. No, 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 no. You said a group. Nobody. Nobody. End of story. Right? Okay. So what's guaranteed? Sex, drugs, mm-hmm. pornography, right? What's a guarantee? Acceptance. If I do this, whether it's fentanyl, drugs, sex, act out, I am guaranteed, right, to alter my mood. Mm-hmm. So- what if you had or I had was a mentor or someone that I could talk to about my issues because we were all told, harden up, that's bullshit, don't cry, all right? So none of my issues or trauma was ever spoken about to allow me to deal with the trauma I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. So if no one's going to help me deal with things, then I have to find a way to deal with them. So unfortunately, why does suicide rate so high? Because kids kill themselves because no one will sit down and talk to them and say, no, well, it's stupid what you're feeling. No, it's not stupid. It's a feeling. How can I help you with these feelings? And then once you match someone where they're at and actually take the time to be interested in what they're talking about and not prejudge them and not tell them who they should be and not tell them how they think because we're all different how we process information, right? Yeah. And, and what we are sensitive to or not sensitive to. Then you sit with someone and say, okay, this is a really straight line. And that's how I do interventions. I'm like, you're doing the fentanyl, right? It's highly addictive. Well, you're doing the crack, which I've smoked. It's highly addictive. It's going to break you down. You're not going to reach your full potential. And you, I know deep down when you stop, you're miserable and you worry about detoxing. So let's try and do this. Instead of let's substitute for a second. Don't quit. Let's just substitute. We know, we know one thing you're doing. Let's substitute with something more empowering, right? And I just try to substitute, play the substitute day. Now, I know after a period of time, if someone allows you to express your emotions correctly, and you can talk through it therapeutically. That's why therapy is so important, right? Exercise is so important. Eating clean is so important. You know, getting your natural dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, right? Those getting it in a powering way. Over time, you, you get enough proof that, okay, 
this does work. Like I tell people, like, if you, if you want to lose weight and people say, well, they go like, I want to lose a hundred pounds, right? Say for example, 50 pounds. I was like, will you, will you ever 50 pounds lighter? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, why did you choose 50? They're like, well, I thought 50 would be the right number. I'm like, well, how about this? Why don't we start with 10 pounds? And let's discipline ourselves and build the habit of losing 10. And then when we get to 10, let's make an assessment. So I know by making the short-term right goal and you get to the first milestone of 10, you've already built the habit now and you can see some results. Ah, right? So if you can get around someone and say, okay, I'm feeling these emotions, and they go, okay, let's talk about it. I'm angry. Why? And they mention why they're angry. Okay, so is there, let, let's, let's do some breathing techniques. When you feel triggered, let's try this. Okay, that's one technique, right? And then, okay, so why, why do you feel like you need to, you know, do the drugs? Well, everyone else is doing them. Okay, is there a way to get out of that environment? Is there other communities you can surround yourself with? Well, there is. Okay, so let's do this. Over the next 30 days or two weeks, when you're tempted to take that path, let's just change the path. That's it. Just keep it simple. And what happens is if you start to see a result that is actually beneficial, which most people don't, if you're from a shitty environment, shitty people, right, shitty education, constantly abused, constantly beat down, why would you change? Where's the hope in it? Yeah. There is no hope, right? Yeah, because they've never seen anything different to the contrary. Don't even know it exists. Thank you. So we all know people say there's light at the end of the tunnel, but if we don't show them the light at that tunnel, how do they know there's light there? Well, and tell me from your experience, you have way more hands-on, especially through the intervention work. If we don't, you know, take that substance away, that coping mechanism at the end of the, I, I mean, I know for me it was, I, I'm pretty sure the way you laid out in the book for you, same thing. I don't know anyone that it hasn't been a coping mechanism. If we are taking that away and like you said, don't punch something else in there and good and show a different way. I mean, you know, when people, I don't know why my Phil loved one son, daughter, cause what it doesn't matter relapsed. Well, oftentimes it's that. There hasn't been something else put back in there. It has to be. Na- nature abhors a vacuum. Mm. It has to be one for the other, yeah. right? If you're hungry, you eat food. If you're tired, you need sleep, right? <laughs> Seriously, right? Yeah. If you're lonely, you call someone for comfort, yeah. right? If you're uneducated, read books, you get educated. If you're overweight, cut down on the food, go for a walk. The problem is, is people have made it too complicated. It's basic, it's boring, it's simple. Like when people say, well, I'm waiting for God, you know, because God can move mountains. I said, God can move mountains. You better bring a fucking shovel. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. People say, oh, that person did an extra, extraordinary thing. I'm like, no, they did. They did a little extra to the ordinary. Uh-huh. Get any, get any great athlete. Dean Carnesis is my friend, mm. right? And he never started off as a, a great runner. He's one of the top, top. I mean, he, he, he makes, I mean, Go- I love Goggins, but Go- Dean Carnesis, these guys make Goggins look like an amateur. And even a lot of the professional runners, I, I, I love Goggins, but he's not up with the elite runners of the world. Like sure. they're a whole other level. He's just a tough Navy SEAL that went through trauma, but he's not, 
these guys, there's runners out there that don't even respect him because they run rings around, right? And you ask them, how do you run? They're like one step at a time. Mm. That's it. Yeah. What do you mean? Just stay in the moment. Yeah, but there's no such thing. There's now. So in, in actuality, and this is what I tell addicts, this is all I do. I meet them where they're at. I identify them with the pain. The great thing about an addict is, is no doctor, unless they've experienced what I've experienced. When I sit down with someone that's done crack and I've smoked crack, they look at me and they're like, this guy smoked crack. They know. We know. We, every addict is feral inside. Yeah. We are. We're feral. And a feral person and a street person or someone that's been through it can smell it upwind if you're full of shit. Yeah. And the reason I'm successful as an interventionist is because when I get around someone, I generally show them love and care for them. And I'm like, I've been where you've been. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not your fucking parent. I'm just going to tell you this. If you take this opportunity that I'm offering you right now, I'm giving you a chance for a better life. You have nothing to lose because I know you're miserable. I know you're rock bottom. So how about give me this opportunity to show you a better way? And if in 30, 60, 90 days you think I'm full of shit, Come back and slap me in the face. But I'm just telling you, I know I'm, I'm right. I've got 17 years of sobriety to prove it. But take a chance. What do you have to lose? You can always go back to you know what you're going to get from that. How about you take a chance on this for a little time period? If I ask you for 90 days for the rest of your life, what do you want to do? And then yeah. go, okay, why not give it a shot, right? That's all I have to do is get you in there. Then it's my job once you're in there to work with you to keep you in there. So then you start to look back in 90 days. You go, wow, look at my life now. Right? I'm not going to tell you the mistakes you're making. I can see the mistakes. I'm not going to tell you I'm going to heal your trauma. That takes years. I'm not going to tell you 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 let go of your past. No, right now you're in your past. Right, You're sick and suffering. I'm just going to present you with an alternative to the pain right this moment. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. Is it nice to detox? Absolutely not. Is it going to take time? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's no yeah. white light experiences. I'm just, I just know I have the ability to meet you where you're at because I've been there. Yeah. That's it. And it's all accessible. 100%. Yeah. Uh, you stopped me for my button. Thank you for that. Um, what I was going to include was, you know, the, the, I love my parents and all my friends' parents that were there for me the best they could, but there was a different level of emotional maturity. And just now society, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about it more at least. And I don't know, maybe if it's because, <laughs> you know, I'm texting people like yourself and working, you know, in this area, but I'm, I'm hopeful because we're talking more about mental health issues and, and, you know, I hear people, oh, the young people nowadays, uh, no, 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 bullshit. I, I'm around them. They're more switched on than, you know, they are w- more aware than, you know. And, and, but yet they still don't have that access or nothing's being presented that they can access these tools. Yeah. And what you just said, like, like think about this for a second, where how, how people say the young people at this stage, right. Or, or the good old days. Okay. The good old days was you were told you were stupid. And if you got out of line, you get cracked in the fucking head. Let's be yeah. honest. Right. They weren't the good old days to me. And then how does anyone have the audacity to say young people this stage? Well, hold on. We weren't in an era where we got everything. Mm-hmm. So if, if I turn around, and, and this is where I call people out, I'm one of the most self-disciplined person you'll ever meet. 
No one teaches me to get up. I get up. I came from a country with nothing. No one get, there wasn't no internet. There wasn't no Australians trying to make it Facebook fan page. I landed in New York with myself and I went up against the best. And that's how I live. I will test myself. I will outwork people and I will prove myself in the arena. And I've proved it. That's how I have a book deal. That's how my books are in bookstores. I don't have ghostwriters. I educated myself with no help or schooling, no money, no friends, just did it myself, right? I built my, built my reputation from hard work. So if someone turns around and says this young, this younger generation is undisciplined and wants short, I'm like, you know what? How about this? Every person that questions the young generation, come on my program. Come live with me. I will screw you to the ground and show you how undisciplined you are. Mm -hmm. And then after I drill you, you can start to look at yourself and realize it's not the younger generation, right? We're all doing the best we can. They don't have the information, okay? Because I look at the dysfunctional family system. I look at generational trauma. And guess what? The people saying that are doing the same crap that their parents did to them and they know better. So instead of judging people and talking all this smack about the younger generation, how look at your life. Is your marriage perfect, right? Are you just a cog in the machine? Are you making a difference? Are you walking by a homeless person going, oh, look at this person. Why don't they get their shit together? Really, why don't they get their shit together? Prejudging them. How about you go help them, yeah. right? Are you the person going out of your way to lift people up? No, because a person that says that isn't a person that's being service to others because someone that has done the work and is being of service to others doesn't judge the younger generation. There's nothing wrong with the younger generation. They're young, they're spirited. They've got a lot of information they have to sort through. We didn't have the information. I had to be an angry guy, crazy person to do drugs to find it. Right now they've got to sort through their information. You're supposed to make a mess from 15 to 25, 30. It's a disaster zone. <laughs> and guess what? Would have I been as bad as them? Probably worse because they have the online access. I did. Yeah. So anyone that says, any of these people that says the younger generation, I look at these people and go, yeah, how's your Amazon account? How much shit do you buy online, right? Can you literally walk away from what you're doing right now for five years and never work again? Are you healthy? Are you spiritually fit? Right? Do you have good balance? Do you have good community? No. Then shut up. But I think and people just do the I think to 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 pacify. It's uh it, it's the I'm <laughs> well my favorite was always and I did this I did this as an addict. Oh, I'm not as bad as them. And it's the same thing. It's 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 so many people live with addictive thoughts, behavior, patterns that are negative and detrimental each and every day. And I, and I'm still examining some, I, I had an ism moment this morning, you know, that I had to learn to shut my shit down be like, well, this is solely a me problem. Nobody else. This is my thinking right now. We all do. But anyone that says they've got it figured out is lying. <laughs> yeah. The point is to figure it out. No one's got it all figured out. Yeah. No one has it all figured out. It, it's like uh, people got upset when um, Gabor Mate wrote the book, The Realm of the Hungry Ghost, and he was talking about his 
addiction to buying CDs, right? I liked that because he was trying to humanize the fact that even though he was a doctor, he he had a problem with CDs, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, it's not fentanyl. It's not crack cocaine. So people, like this is another thing that people do, right? My My drug of choice was cocaine. I would smoke it. I would snort it and alcohol, right? I never got into opioids. I can literally take prescription opioids when I went through stomach surgery. And I don't, I have a massive endorphin storage, right? Mm. I can take a massive amount. My dopamine storage is very low. So I'm always searching for the dopamine, quick dopamine hit, right? And that to me is, I don't need video games, but it's the dopamine hit, right? Um, the, 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 I have, I proved it. I ran 30 half marathons in 30 days with a hernia. That means I have a massive threshold for pain, right? <laughs> no, so when you look at my brain chemically, it means I naturally have a lot of endorphins. I don't need to search for them. I have a lack of dopamine, so I search for it. So when you, and when you look at how we're all different, right? And I look at someone, I go, if you really break down their life and you start to really de-weed, well, why'd you marry this person? Why are you in this job? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? Why are you pushing your kids in baseball? And you start to really unpack them, you realize that we're all messed up. Yeah. We're all still dealing with stuff we haven't dealt with. So to blame it on a younger generation because they're not complying to our rules Instead of saying, what do you feel? What do you want? Right? Can I help you get that? It's like the whole thing with the gender thing, right? I don't have an issue with it. I would sit, I sit with someone and say, okay, what are you feeling? I don't know you. I don't know what you're going through emotionally, spiritually. And who am I to say what you should do? All I should be doing is be a soundboard to take that information and say, okay, so you're telling me this, right? What do you want? Let's look at some options. And here's, here's the positive, here's the negative, or here's what could happen. Yeah. Right? I know a guaranteed result if someone comes to me and they're like, I'm feeling pain. I want to do these kinds of drugs because I've experimented with them. I don't know how it's going to affect them, but I do know that like when they say, you know, people say, well, performance enhancing drugs, do they work? Well, I'm like, yeah, they enhance your performance. It's been proven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's yeah. no substitute for crack cocaine and cocaine. You don't see like someone saying, hey, uh, you know, the GNC has now this substitute cocaine. No, cocaine, crack, fentanyl. This stuff is the reason it's that, that power. You know what I mean? Or meth. So it's the same with, I look at someone and go, okay, I don't know what happens, for example, if you take hormones and you have your agenda. I don't know. If that's what you want to do, let's look at what could, what, what could happen because everyone's individual, right? But it's not my – if someone wants to change their gender, that's their business. Yeah. Who am I to run that? I just would like – I just spend time with someone to go deeper into them and give them the space to be themselves and express what they're feeling. And that's what we don't do anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And, and yet we spend uh... – spend a lot of time in other people's shit. Matter of fact, there's a whole industry around being up in other people's shit. There's people that are billionaires now because they've invited you to be in their shit. And, and to me, it's like, uh, you know, Mike, when I go and speak to these classes, I, I always tell them, you know, no outside solutions to inside problems. Cause we get, I right. get into the social media and, 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 and you know, 
nine out of 10 times a kid that like is social media struggle for you nine out of 10 times the hands go up and it is it's that comparing and i've done it i've certainly done it matter of fact i think we had a talk recently on the phone about me still doing that and struggling with that but it's a you know it's an important thing to do. Stop looking outside. Stop comparing your insides to other people's outsides. It, I think it's a disease in itself. Look, for anyone listening, and this is why no one taught me, and this is why I keep things simple, and I write down about how flawed I was and how flawed I still am, and I work through those flaws daily. Like I say, you know, you, you, you can, if you sweep the floor once in your apartment, and you don't sweep it again in your apartment. You're going to have a pretty filthy floor, and you have to you have to sweep your mind and deweed people and and make sure you you put in the right information and sit with yourself and and give you. We don't. We all process differently. Like I read something and I process it really quick, and and other people take time to process. But the one most important thing we have to realize is that. To gain any kind of self-confidence, and I don't know if we talked about it. Someone asked me the other day if I do affirmations. I said, no, I don't. I said, mm. I'll tell you why. And that, there's nothing wrong with an affirmation, but this is how I look at it. It's just, and it's just me. If you, Jason, and me, Mike, you're in where you're at, and I'm where I'm at, go to our car tonight, and we both get robbed, right? Someone mm. comes up, give me your money, cracks us, right? You go home and you're like, well, I've watched all this stuff on positive affirmations. And you just sit in the mirror for the next year and tell yourself you're strong, you're tough, and all these things. Whatever you want to be. I'm powerful. I'm whatever. And I go, well, I'm pretty vulnerable in this situation. So I need to learn how to defend myself. So I don't do any affirmations. I go take jujitsu. I take kickboxing. I test myself in that arena. I get my ass kicked, but I learn a skill set. What happens a year later is the guy, same guy comes up bang, robs you. You go home and go, man, I, I just not my life is screwed up. I, I got robbed again, right? It's like being in a bad relationship. You keep getting taken advantage of. Me, I flip the guy on his ass, right? I go, I'll give you money, but if you try that shit with me again, I'll cut you in pieces, right? And the guy walks off. When I go home, what happens? I have acquired a set of skills. When you acquire a set of skills, in, in something you've worked hard from that no one, there's no micro microwave mentality. You acquire those skills. You have self-confidence and you have self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Okay. The only way to build your self-confidence and self-esteem is by working alone and working on skills. So what makes, if you look at any great athlete, it doesn't matter who it is or anyone that's good at business or why I'm good at inventive engines is I have spent enough time working with people and on myself, right? And I work like that. reason I ran the 30 half marathons is I trained myself and I wanted to see if I applied a certain skill set, learning to run like those guys. I had to retrain myself to run like the Kenyans. I read, read all the, I'm a sprinter. I wonder if I could do it. No, I'm not, I never had optimistically delusion where I could run like Dean Carnesis. But Dean Carnesis can't do 300 pull-ups in an hour like I can. Right. See what I'm saying? I'm genetically built to sprint. My DNA has proved it. I went and got a DNA test. I have a double sprint gene. I was a great sprinter as a kid. So I physically know that lifting weights and sprinting is my thing. So I was like, well, wait a second. But if I apply certain principles with my potential, could I do that? Now, I know not many people after running one half marathon could run 30 
in 30 days with a hernia, with colitis, and go to work every day. I know that. I physically know that I'm built really tough, right? I'm just mm-hmm. genetically strong, right? Both my grandparents lived to 100 years old. My dad's like an animal. Yeah, so I've got good, I've got good athletic genes, naturally. So if I look at different skills, I look at what I want to learn, right? And this is what going back to young kids. Like if I want to write a book, I'm not, I can't articulate myself like Stephen King. Yeah. But I go and study Stephen King and he says, you know, go out and read, you know, write a thousand words a day. Then all I do is write a thousand words a day. Is it going to take me longer to write my book than Stephen King? Absolutely. But Stephen King is not going to be able to speak like me on a stage. I, can, yeah. I went to acting school. I can memorize things quicker. I was really good at, I'm a good actor, right? So I know where I'm good. So what I tell young kids is if you look at someone else's life you see, or some person's life, you're seeing the highlight reels. You're seeing the trophy, but you're not seeing the training. So don't pay any attention to what someone else has or does. Say, what do I want? And more importantly, why? Why do I want this? What, what is my desired feeling? What's the dose I'm trying to get from this, right? That's why if you see, I, I, I post what I want to post. I'm not, I don't live on social media, right? If I think something's great, I don't look at other people's accounts and think that's their life because I've been around people. That, <laughs> Likewise. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? And they're posting yes. stuff and I'm like, that's all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I told that story about that when I had the last couple of classes I spoke to. I said, I literally know a person that was a model and they're on a boat and they're hashtag living the best life when their agent was uh, filled up the guy's boat with fuel uh, yeah. so he could get it for 20 minutes to get a couple of photos. Yeah. So you, you're taking, what is it? You ta- you're taking photos in front of cars you don't own to pe- please people that don't care. Yeah. And creating envy. Man, I don't know. It's stupid. It's because why? Because you don't, you're not enough. Yeah. Well, and I think it goes back to that that, that outside solution to uh, inside problems. Hey, look, I'm a car guy, Mike, and I'd love to own a Porsche someday. But I'm realistic, too, that I'd be like, cool, hard work paid off. I could afford it reasonably. Right on. It's not going to all of a sudden fill that stuff. I've had so much shit in my life, and I was still empty. But here's a great thing, right? So, like I said to people, I like my wife has a nicer car than me. I've never been a car guy, right? I don't really care about cars. And I, I got a good life, got money. If I die tomorrow, she's taken care of, my son's taken care of. Like, that's how I look at it, right? I have no debt. I don't live in debt. I've got great credit. I built myself up to a good position. And I do what I love to do. I'm skilled at what I do. I've, I've, I've got the receipts, I can deliver, okay? I can show up. So if there comes a point where, like, I do like Porsches too. Now, would I buy a Porsche? Could I buy a Porsche? Yeah. Do I want one? No. When my son graduates and I feel like, hey, get a nice Porsche for myself. There's nothing wrong with that. If I enjoy moving in that vehicle and it's not to please anyone, go buy the Porsche. But if you're driving around in the yacht to impress someone, the guy that's in the little fishing boat that loves to catch fish, he he's enjoying the fishing boat every day, catching his fish over you and trying to impress people in the yacht. Yeah. That's what people don't understand, right? They're just things. And you can't take things with you at the end of the day, 
right? People don't remember the things, right? People don't remember the words. People may remember, you know, what you look like. What they do is they remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. 100%. That's the end of the day. You can't buy your friends. You can buy all this stuff. You can buy all these things. And at the end of the day, if you don't make people feel welcome, whole, enough, love, whatever it is, they just pass you by and they look for the next thing to make them feel that. But if you can make them feel that, you just transcend. Yeah. Uh, and how many people on, I know you've definitely seen it with your intervention work that, uh, yeah, they bought so much of what is around them that they don't know which way is up, you know? And that's, you know, you, you just nailed it. And it's not even that. It's not even which way it's up. It's like, what do I need? How do I can just get, make a step forward in the right direction? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, boy, it may have been our, one of our talks. It's just, I think you, I don't remember how you put it. If it was just put your feet on the ground or one step foot in front of the other. Just day by day, go in the right direction. Yeah. Right. And yes, just take sir. a chance of doing the right thing. And that's, uh, yes. And that's sometimes hard to convince people that it, to just keep doing the next right thing. And it doesn't mean the results. Oh, if I do the next right thing, then I'm going to get, no, you can't predict outcome but you can dictate your behavior and embrace what outcome comes to you because I don't know about you. I'm still surprised at the things that are happening for me, even though I have my struggles uh, in many of them, I'm still amazed. Do you know what it is? We really, uh, you know, doing the right thing isn't easy and doing mm -hmm. the easy thing isn't right because we are, it's not our fault because, because too much information over the last 10 years has been given to us. And when we haven't, our brains haven't caught up on how to stimulate it. Like I was telling someone the other day, you know, if I was in New York back in the day and I said to you, you know, let's meet up for coffee. If you weren't there, I'd go home and I wouldn't be like, why'd you stand me up? I'm like, is everything okay? And I'd call you for my landline. Like, dude, are you okay? Oh, I got caught up. There was an accident. Cool. Now, the microsecond processing of me texting you 97 times, scrolling through a bunch of shit, being distracted, right? I can't even wait to go and meet you. And if there's something wrong, I don't have the patience. Where are you? 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 And, and then the world has been designed like that to keep us distracted. Because the more distracted we are on this or TV or bad schooling and bad information, the less time we spend in ourselves to figure out what we're feeling. And if we can't process what we feel intuitively, then we lose our authentic selves. And more, the less authentic we are, the more we have to try to feel the mask and create these illusions that we're okay. But we're not okay because we're bearing who we are authentically. So once we slow down and we hit some kind of rock bottom, which for me was spiritual, some people it's financial, there is a point where making the disempowering choices, the physical body, because everyone says, well, you know, this is not organic. That's bullshit. Everything comes from the earth. It's processed differently. Okay. Everything comes from, we're on planet fucking earth. Okay. The earth, right? So there is chemicals that you put together, right? That either are, uh, they work in harmony with us or they work in disharmony, right? They, they, they give us ease or dis-ease. It's really simple. Like all oh, this organic thing. No, shut up. Everything's <laughs> processed. 
America's the most processed country in the world. So even when you think you're eating organic, vegan shit, I can prove it to you because when I go to Australia or Europe, I never get sick. Yeah. But every, I, right? So the point is, is when I'm doing these things, whatever they are, are they working in harmony with me? And it's not me, it's you. Yeah. And how do I work in harmony? That's it. And then if you start to look at that stuff, right, and you slow down and you spend time with yourself and you start to listen to your intuition and you have the courage to be authentic and step outside the box and ask yourself, you know, yeah, this guy's telling me this, but this relationship sucks or this person's a liar or this person's full of shit or this person's not letting me up. You don't have to be angry. And you go, okay, I need to look at the end of the day. This is a really true thing. If you're not willing to do it yourself, no one's going to do it for you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to do it yourself. You got to grind it out. You got to grind it out. Of course, a book, a dose of positivity, pick it up bookstores. I also did the audible. I did a, a, a <laughs> I did it. In uh, here's a question. Here's a yes. question. I, I chose that guy. Is he good? That read the book. Oh yeah. Great voice. Great voice. Yeah, because I they I, they said to me, "Do you want to read it?" And I didn't. It, it was so much. It was like seven hours and or longer in the studio, because you got to be like. And I said, "I don't have time on this because I was doing the show and interventions." And they gave me like twenty different people to choose from, and I really liked him. I was like, you know, I think this guy will carry the book. So a bunch of people got the audible, and then and then no one texts me, "Why didn't you read it?" So I was like, "All right, he did it because I I listened to it and I liked it." But then I was like, "I'm not." the audience i would just i would just say as someone that i think you have an awesome voice and personality and and knowing that you know like you said you don't work with a ghostwriter it would have been uh i think it would have been cool to kind of hear your stuff but i also know the schedule you keep from what you've shared and it's like oh yeah i get not reading it yourself but uh yeah i did it was um, but the next one because it's written the third book i'll uh I'll spend the time first to like say, okay, I'll read it and I'll, I'll just chunk out the time and give myself yeah. a little, it's just, just getting this one across the line was really difficult. Oh, I could imagine. Hey, and as someone with dyslexia, and even though I had a 20 year radio career, I mean, a 60 second script might take me 20 minutes to read. It's, it's so taxing, hard. but uh, exactly. hey, we got some quick random questions. All right. And then I leave you with okay. the final thoughts. All right. I know we got uh, just a little bit of time. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. Uh, last song you listened to intentionally. Oh, dude, there's a, there's a fucking song that I love now. It's, oh, it's such a great song. And I discovered it out of nowhere and now I'm obsessed with it. And it, I never watch America's Got Talent. Her name is Lily. I think it's Miola. She has a song called Daydream. Okay. It is magical. It, this girl, I like to watch inspiring people and she comes on America's Got Talent. I never watched these clips and it just popped up. But I don't judge it. I'll, I, Simon Keller, whatever. And it's called Daydream. And I put it on 
and she gets out and she sings this song. And it goes, when we were kids in the backyard, uh, chasing, chasing astronauts and rock stars, no one told us to stop it. Stop it. We were unrealistic. And suddenly you're 18, you go to college for your plan B. What you want is too risky. You live for weekends and whiskey. And it's just like we mm. have got these big ideas. Sometimes they're replaced with fears. How did I get here? Darling, don't, uh, don't, don't, something you're daydream. It's your life that's replacing. If it ain't big enough and it doesn't scare the hell out of you. So just live your daydream. And it's just, it's like one of the, it's such a simple pop song, this girl. And I'm like, it blew me away. It's a beautiful, and for a guy that listens to metal and hardcore <laughs> stuff, like I was like, dude, that's such a beautiful song. And I watched her like sing it from the heart. It was really special. So it's like, it blew me off, Daydream. Right so on. It's one of the, it's one, like, I've been listening to it lately. I put it on every now and then. It's really good. I'll check it out. Uh, yeah, really likewise, also a rock metal guy for the most part. But uh, hey, this this will be a fun one. Then you're stranded on a deserted island. You have one music artist's greatest hits and uh, one movie. What are they? See, that's like so hard. But you know, it's really funny. One album. You know, it's it's one of it's so funny that I'm friends became friends with. Uh, them but i said appetite for destruction is one of my favorite albums oh yeah start to finish i can still listen to it today and now that i you know know duff and slash and um yeah but appetite for destruction is like that that's like such a time it's just that album start to finish still to this day if i had one album i could still listen to gun as that that album back to front yeah what about a movie I know you're not a huge movie guy. I am. I used to be because I went to acting school. Well, true. I love. I, I love. I love movies. Um, I just mean now, and and people will find in the book your discipline when it comes to watching content. Yeah, um, and it's and it's very valid the reasoning behind it. <laughs> you know what? Because you have you're on the desert island and you've got to watch it over and over again. It's 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 not. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not a movie. I would suggest people to watch over and over again but it, it was so it was so powerful to me there's a, there's a movie by um daniel day lewis is in it and it's mm. called in the name of the father oh god yes it's such a it just makes you want to fight because of the injustice and the lawyer i still now if i watch the court scene with emma thomas it brings me to tears how she fights them and gets them out. And I think that movie is just the representation of never quitting and having a good lawyer and his dad dies in the jail. Like, I think I would, that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's still to this day when I watch it, I get emotional. It's so good. God, I'll have to so write. Good. I have not seen that in a long time. It's such a good movie in the name of the father. Uh, best advice you received early in recovery. Oh God. Um just show up. Shut up. Um take take commitments and uh just just write it out moment by moment. So I, I, I remember someone saying to me, it's just you can't get 
you can't relapse on meetings. So if you have to go to 20 meetings in a day, find 20 meetings and take 20 commitments and help 20 addicts that day. Yeah. And I just, it's that simple. Just I'm not, as long as I don't use that day and I get around other sober people, I'm going to, I'm going to just get through the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody overdosed on being sober. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. Um, Mike, uh, floor is yours. Anything you would want to lend to people, maybe throw out more about the book. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people listen to this cause they're having a tough time or Hey, they're building a lot of momentum in their life too. Um, just give yourself enough time to figure things out. I can honestly say I have no stress anymore and no worries because I don't, I just know I can figure it out. I don't, I don't live for anyone else's approval. Like I had to do when I did the show, right. You know, it's a testing ground and you know, I know the show, a couple of million people are going to watch the show. And I've come in as a new guy and I'm like, I can figure this out. I know I can figure it out. And the interventions I've done have been successful on the show. And it's because I give myself time. Like I don't, I'm like, I'm not going to fail. I, I trust the process and I trust the work. And I just know if I just give myself, people don't give themselves enough time to figure it out. Don't, don't race. There's nowhere to go. Where's it to go? At the, at, at, if someone's listening to this right now, right, and 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 in the purest form of reality is, I am sitting on a podcast with you. Yesterday's dead. I don't know what's going to happen in ten minutes from now. So if someone's listening to this, the trick is if they're struggling or suffering, and they put on something positive or they hear me and you talking, they they just as long as like no one's got a gun in their mouth at the time, right, or physically beating them, but if they're by themselves. I know people that are doing 30-year sentences that just sit in that, that moment and they're like, I can figure it out just for this moment because that's all we have. Mm -hmm. So just just give yourself time, slow down to figure it out. Mike, I love you, bro. I appreciate you. Love you. I will, I'll give you this. Here's something really, really beautiful for everyone to watch. And I, and I track this girl down. Go on YouTube when you feel like giving up. And look up Phil Healy. Okay. She runs the anchor leg of the 400 meters. She comes from 100 yards behind to win. It is one of the greatest comebacks I've ever watched. I had to message her and find her. This girl is up against an Olympic qualifying girl. She runs this girl down from 100 meters. They don't even give her a chance when it hits the straight. I had to post it on my Instagram. Every time there's someone that's going through it, I just send them that clip and I go, watch this. And they're like, oh, my God. I said, see, from where she was, by not giving up, no one gave her a chance to win. I said, that's where you're at now. Know that if you just keep running and keep pushing, you're going to get to the end eventually. This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast featuring celebrities, experts, and everyday people who have overcome adversities, including addiction, mental health, and trauma to live purposeful lives. And that's what Knocking Doors Down is all about.